right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to fight. We are discussing MFN 10. It just happened last night and it's a, it was a great card. So, but again, there were so many things that were bad and there were so many other things that were ugly. So in this episode, we will be reviewing all the fights from top to bottom, but also we'll be talking about the good, the bad and ugly of MFN 10. So stay tuned with me and Piyush at Rebel Radio. All right, so Piyush, uh, we just witnessed MFN 10 card last night. I went home at 2 p.m. So it was a long night, but a worthwhile night, if I may say so. So let's talk about it. Uh, let's talk about what you thought of MFN 10 as an event. And after that, we'll get down to breaking the fights. Yes, I definitely did not stay, past, uh, stay up past 12 o'clock because last time... I remember the card finished a little bit earlier, but this time it was a long night and I tapped out at around 12.30. Yeah, I was there. And I went back to sleep because it was a long day. Friday is one of our busiest day at Rebel MMA. These guys uh, slugged it out. They uh, carried on the fight marathon. And overall, it was a pretty good card. We saw some really exhilarating fights. And as you said, there were some uh, bad moments or like controversial moments which this card was ridden with. And we are going to discuss that. Yeah. So let's go. Let's, uh, let's start with the card itself. Okay. The first fight, the title fight, the strawweight title fight between Pooja Tomor and Killer B. What a disappointment. Yeah, it was disappointing because we picked B uh, to win the B killer. <clears throat> Sorry, my throat is bad again. <laughs> so... The killer bee uh, disappointed the uh, the fans a lot because uh, she did not, first of all, look uh, in a great shape. And apart from that, there was no urgency on her part to carry on the fight and finish the fight in a um, emphatic manner. Like she was just uh, happy, content to stay out of pockets. She let Pooja advance forward, walk her down. And, uh, you know, it was... A very shabby performance, to be honest, on her part. But all the congrats to Pooja Toma. She really brought the fire. Even when uh, uh, Killer B attempted some of the takedowns, she uh, managed to get back up. Or uh, she once used a leg lock as well, the outside Ashi uh, heel look, to get on top, which uh, B had no answer for. So overall, it was an okay fight not a very high level of technical uh, display out there what, what did you think about the fight I thought uh, like you said I mean I've always rooted for Killer B because I've seen a fight before uh, in this fight you were right right from uh, the way she came to the press conference she was not in to the event uh, she was kind of quiet and she was uh, kind of having more fun doing push-ups uh, with Ulomi I'm guessing <laughs> you know when she came uh uh, we thought it, it was going to be a kick-ass fight. If nothing else, it was obviously uh, for the title bout. So, And I don't know why MFN started uh, the entire card with the title bout. I think it could have been hyped a little more. Uh, yeah. Because, uh, But yeah, but having said that, Pooja started well. She started opening her opening hands. Killer B was not herself. She did manage to take a couple of takedowns. Uh, the second one was kind of weird, the outside trip. All, all the takedowns, all her takedowns was pretty weird. She was using that headlock grip to uh, attempt a takedown, mm -hmm. which is not the perfect way to execute a takedown on her part. 
but uh, again i expected her to uh, bring a little bit more to a table because she has the experience at one championships she has seen and fought the elite fighters in the women's division so pooja tomar definitely um, performed above yeah. her pay scale above her grade and she uh, deserves all the props for that victory and also pooja stepped up a weight category oh, pooja yeah. generally fights atom this time uh, she went up to straw so kudos to pooja what a well deserved champion of the the first uh, strawweight champion of mfn yeah so congratulations to her she just brought the game in and she started pounding her and once she was rocked there was no coming back so coming back to the finish of the fight yeah, yeah. there uh, were there were so many weird this started the string of weird finishes uh, yeah. throughout the night right so this then the fight next after and the fight after that yeah. all had st- mid round stoppages yeah so yeah it was a weird night in terms of decisions and the outcomes of the fight but let let us go a little bit back let us step a day back into the press conference and let's talk about uh veins because three fighters did miss the weight if you yeah. would want to el- elaborate the, the fighters I think three fighters are kind of unprofessional on their part because it is the biggest MFN MFN was doing everything that they could do to bring about a big change a revolution in the Indian MMA scene they have introduced uh belts obviously the paychecks have gone higher and uh, the only thing these fighters were asked to do was get in shape cut weight Yeah. and be professional about it so, so unfortunately uh dhruv missed clinton missed weight dhruv uh, missed weight and, and uh, even sanjeet budwar missed weight yeah so i think three fighters missed weight which was uh, kind of sad uh but again we'll also come back to that so yeah. but going back to the decision uh was do you think it was do you think it was an early stoppage for a title bout uh to be honest be definitely look like she was stung no yeah. pun intended yeah. and uh, she was definitely rocked she had no clue where she was although she was still kind of trying to throw hands and we can again go back to ufc 281 when we talk about it how adesanya stoppage was very controversial yeah. so anytime you don't have a clean knockout you definitely tend to uh, have people disagreeing with the stoppage but this time i think the referee uh, saw her in a dizzy state and she was just trying to scramble for the legs and pooja was definitely throwing some heavy leather yeah okay so heavy leather you've been <laughs> yeah. heard this term a lot last yeah. night so it's that's just good. in my that's mind good. so yeah i think i think it was a fair stoppage maybe a couple more punches we would have seen the outcome of where it went but apart from that kudos to pooja once again for becoming the first strawweight female champion yes. of the country of yes. mfn i think i think she that was so well deserved even though to tell you honestly me and piyush had picked uh, killer b to win this bout but we just thought she was more experienced but yeah. she seemed like uh, she had no interest in the fight yeah. she never she did not want to cut weight she did not want to show up inside the cage so yeah it was disappointing for her fans but i hope uh, she comes back strong you never know sometimes I like th- i think she was missing the yeah. sting of the killer b <laughs> you know she had become a very docile bumblebee but anyway so that was the first about uh, it was not what we had expected at least not why what i had expected because i was it was i thought it was going to be uh, it was going to go the full five rounds like any championship bout would go and there would be tre- uh, trading a lot of punches a lot of striking but unfortunately that didn't happen but again 
we've been discussing it. Congratulations, Pooja Tomar. You deserve it. And we are happy for you. So let's move on to the next bout. Yeah. Yes. The next bout was between Punyajit Likharu and Dorje Dorje Stanovic. Yes. Again, uh, I, if you take my opinion, I was very disappointed because uh, uh, we were, uh, before this at MFN 9, when uh, Dorje had fought uh, Sanjit Budwar, he had taken Sanjit to the ground and managed to control him. So we were hoping that he would uh, bring the same kind of fire, fire power or the fire in his belly when he was fighting in his weight class and with, a, uh, with an opponent much smaller than Sanjeev. But again, I think it was all over the place. He had very winding I think, punches. I think what we got to see was uh, a clear difference in the level of skill in this fight. I think so, yeah. We were really excited to see this fight and how the matchup would play. And Punjit definitely looked like a level above this guy. And if you saw the fight, uh, Punjit started a little bit conservative, not trying to um, go into the fire which is a great way to fight if you are coming back after uh, a long uh, time. But Punajit displayed a lot of maturity. That's what I took away from that fight. And uh, he countered when it was required. His wrestling defense was impeccable on point. He stuffed all the single leg, double leg attempts of uh, Dorji and then uh, kept him on the ground, like controlled the entire fight. And he also busted his nose open. So, was that the reason why the fight got stopped? I think no, it was a I punch. I think it was the groin shot. And the infamous groin shot. Yeah, it was a groin shot. But uh, yeah. the problem with uh, yesterday's, this bout particularly, was nobody gave us a clear picture of why there was, uh, Dodgy didn't want to fight. Yeah. Was it a doctor's stoppage? Did he throw in the towel? I, th what I think happened? They just, he just refused to come out of the corner. But maybe, maybe it was him quitting, realizing mid-fight that he's just getting bashed. Yeah. And uh, he's up against the opponent he can do nothing to because his striking looked all over the place. Punajit yeah. was countering him really well. His wrestling did not work. His jiu-jitsu seemed kind of subpar. So overall, he was completely dominated in that fight. And once he realized that, even the groin shot, the amount of time he was taking, ten over five minutes, I assume, that was uh, weird to see. And he, maybe he was fishing for... Uh, uh, TKO, uh, uh, like how Sterling did against uh, Peter Yan. So, again, you can never say exactly when you're not in that situation. But this is what, as a viewer, I made out of it, that he was trying to look for a way out at some point of time when he realized that he was outmatched. I think so. Because uh, what I had a problem with was uh, there, were no, uh, there were no announcements uh, or nothing when uh, at least a lot of people, obviously with MFN, uh, being telecast on Disney Hotstar. As an audience who was staying up all night to watch these fights, we should have been educated on why Dorji was not fighting. So I was kind of sad and uh, I think it was just... So so here's my, here's my theory about that. I think um, it is of utmost important role uh, of the ring announcer or the pe person who takes the post-fight interview like yeah. Joe Rogan plays this role, DC plays this role who fills in the information right after the match has ended and what happened during that time or what happened in the in-ring experience of the fighter and um, they ask those relevant questions. What I had a problem with the MFN was that they have these uh, so-called celeb um, moments. Not only celeb moments, but celeb uh, announcers or celeb uh, post-fight interviewee, if that's a word, interviewer, yeah. uh, 
to come and ask questions who have clearly no idea that they are in the fight business or what kind of questions do people should ask mm-hmm. or at least it just felt completely scripted i think i think it's it almost felt like a soap opera the c- when these guys were trying yeah. to dramatize everything okay there were vague statements were like kya fight kiya aapne it was a fantastic fight there was no technicalities yeah, being let's, shown let's not talk about I mean, commentary we all know no i mean not just the commentary, commentary. you we were talking about the post fight interviews yes uh, the girl clearly had no idea what she was yeah doing. she had the same question over and over she was like oh how do you feel about it and the second question was what do you uh, want to say to the fight fans yes. i mean come on ask something some, about some the experience questions man yeah. i mean even the guy he was uh, more about family drama than <laughs> asking relevant questions because that's the kind of uh, insight that we would want to know what's happening yes. inside the cage the yes. octagon and the blueprint is right there you have yeah. the ufc you have the bellator you have the one championship and uh, people over there are educated you, you know how this can be sorted out it's a very very simple step get someone who is actually a fighter to do those things yeah so that they know what's going on they know what questions people want to ask what is relevant you should not just call some bollywood guy to do these things so i think that's a solution right there i hope uh, mfn is listening or it rectifies it very soon get someone who has their head in the game or uh, you know otherwise we'll have these kind of uh, faux pas moments yeah faux pas moments not just that because it it's kind yeah. of sad because M- mfn is doing everything in its power to uh take uh, indian mma to the next level it's mfn 10 and the card was stacked they are in a place like palazzo versace and i'm sure the expenses are very very yeah, high and uh, the setup on top of the pool that was the pretty cool the setup of the pool was absolutely fantastic but again these little things because the setup is one thing but uh people watching want to know more insights yeah yeah i think that's what makes joe rogan and dc and bisping so great post fight interviews or ufc in general right yeah i mean it's so great to watch okay what did you do let's uh, check out the replay what was going on in your mind okay you were throwing the jab somebody was taking you to the ground you were not engaging in the first round what happened and suddenly what changed you yes. know was this a game plan so next time hopefully uh the mfn team uh get someone who is more adept in uh post fight interviewing you can keep your celebrities to do the initial tidbit of welcoming the people and just the outros or introducing the shroff family don't don't have them on the fight day that's don't have that's them on the fight question. day all those masalas around uh, the main uh, <coughs> event is great but i think and you have enough people in your team i'm guessing who can do this for you you know yes. so i think that's uh, the uh, that was uh, also the post fight interview punichit was kind of sad he was not happy with his performance he also apologized to his coaches saying that i'm much better than this and he wants to get into the uh, title contention now yeah so but uh, i think in his division i think uh, right now who is the champion angad punichit is in bantamweight Bantam, so yeah, yeah. So i angad, think it's angad no angad was uh, fighting fly with he went down 57 okay so i think the next match up in my opinion uh, uh that's going to uh, blow up or it's going to be very explosive is going to be between punyajit yeah. and uh, the, my friend uh, dikros clinton dikros clinton dikros that's yeah. going to be a banger of a fight both very technical fighters mm-hmm. good gr- ground game and also fantastic submission submissions of the back and from the top so ulumi is the ban- bantamweight champion right now then yeah ulumi is the bantamweight uh, this was the bantamweight fight that right that was the bantamweight yeah. Um, bout yeah so ulumi we'll talk about that fight uh, 
very soon. Yeah. So yeah, Punjit is definitely the number one contender after this victory. Uh, this was I a very big number one and number two because uh, we also have Clinton in the yeah. same division. So these guys could have a fight and probably get the to shot get the to the title. One. Yeah. So that'll be that interesting. Be so I already, I'm sure Alan already knows this, but yeah, mm-hmm. it'll be a great uh, fight if we can have Punjit and. Uh, Clinton de Cruz in the next Bantamid bout right. uh, towards uh, their journey. And it will be a clash of two powerhouse MMA gyms as well. The ICSA, again, yeah, ICSA. amazing, amazing, amazing talents from there versus the cross train. Cross train and Bali MMA now yeah. together. So, yeah, it'll be a nice bout. So, if you're listening, uh, tell us what you think uh, in the comments. We think Punijit and de Cruz uh, is going to be a banger of a fight and it'll be the best fight uh, to choose the number one contender for the title. So uh, tell us uh, tell us about it in the comments or just DM us whatever. All right. Uh, moving up, let's go to Arsenba Ozukum versus Dinesh Noirem. Yeah. So this is another one of those fights which ended up uh, mid round. Yeah. I mean uh, mid fight or what do you want to call it? So but, uh, yeah. Uh, because uh, Dinesh, uh, I think, was fighting under on, on a ten day notice because yes. Rahul could not. Fight. No, it was not this one. Yes, it was. Uh, Rahul was, was supposed to be fighting. Rahul was against Avizo. Uh, was it? Yeah. Yes. Rahul yes. was against Avizo, so yeah, Dushyant yeah. was the filler for that one. Yeah. But Dinesh, uh, again, a very very young fighter. I think it was his debut. It was. He also was the guy who got the contract. MFN contender wrote, winner. Yeah. Yeah. MFN wrote to MFN. So winner. he walked through the line of fire, as they said, uh, the MFN contenders fighting four five fights in a day. So kudos to him. But this fight. Asenba was doing really well. He had knocked down Dinesh a couple of times, right? Very first round, he knocked him out with a beautiful left. Then he was also dominating the striking bout. Dinesh was... He was picking him apart on the feet until... He got uh, reversed. Also, he took him down to the ground. He pinned him towards the cage. But just one reversal. One reversal is all it took. But also, the the funny part is, uh, they called up the fight after the second round. Yeah. Once uh, he had a lot of... Uh, I think he got cut really badly. But it has night. to be announced. It has to be told to the viewers. All right. Uh, Oz- uh, Ozukum is not going to be fighting because he's got a deep cut. Yeah. And the doctor says it's not good enough. Uh, uh, yeah. He's thrown in the towel. Some kind of information would be really, really helpful. Like for someone who is completely not initiated to MMA, it might look weird. Oh, why the fight is stopped? Or like because the user, the viewers are so engaged so invested in the fight while it is going if it just abruptly gets to a stoppage uh, they deserve to at least know what caused it right so that's uh, a curiosity thing that keeps lingering into the mind no, of the I viewers think that's why mfn also has uh, commentary in english yeah. and hindi they want to reach a wider audience yeah. so i think if you want to reach a wider audience uh, you'll have to obviously increase the size. It, of the it was a commentator's job as well, like because they I are so. just the cage uh, side, so they should be aware of the happening, so they can see it happening right in front of their eyes, which the cameras do not cover sometimes. So they can do a better job of informing the audience. But again, I guess they did announce it in this one that but there's a doctor left. stoppage. It was. Uh, it was. I mean, the cameras are panning towards yeah. the audience when. <laughs> I mean, there is we'll, we'll, seconds we'll to the bout. Come I mean, we'll it. come to that. But yeah, yeah, Ozukum and Dinesh was a great fight. Uh, Ozukum had a fantastic start. He was all over the uh, all over the place with his strikes. He was out striking Dinesh left, right, and center, and it also takes him to the ground and controls him. He yeah. was almost on mount, and suddenly Dinesh changes reverses, reverses the position, and from there he just starts his uh, 
I mean, I'm a hailstorm of elbows uh, and uh, great uh, ground control by that guy, yeah. you know. Like uh, Arsene Ba was trying everything in his power, bridging, trying to elbow knee, escape and everything. But that mount is such a deadly position in MMA. It is so difficult to escape from, yeah. especially when you are getting pounded by the elbows. And yeah, so, yeah, I think I think in that case, the best technical reply is to turtle up, bridge and don't try to just stay facing the person. Give up your back because we can see that when you give the back, sometimes it's easier for you to hand fight and prevent the choke yeah. than it is to get elbowed and get cut and then get the fight stopped. Mm. So maybe that was a technical error which uh, Arsenba will rectify in the coming fights. And these guys are so young right now and they have such killer striking. I mean, sky's the limit for them. I hope so. So once again, Arsenba, great job on this performance, Team TCA only uh, way up to go from here. Dinesh, congratulations on your amazing debut. You just reversed the entire match with just like one minute or two minutes yeah, in your I think uh, I just, he just, the fight. Once he got to mount, he was hammering and boom, left, right and center with his elbows from hell. So kudos and, to you, Dinesh. And, and that's the beauty of MMA, I feel, that the fight is not over until it's over, right? Absolutely. Like it can just change any moment. So you can be dominating the fight for the last 24 minutes, but the last minute of the fight, everything can change. And we have seen that happen twice in UFC this time. 281, it was right there. Israel Adesanya versus and uh, Kamaru Usman. Kamaru Usman fight. Yeah, so congratulations, Dinesh. I, we wish you all the best. May you uh, get to a level where you are representing the country on the global platforms. So, and also... Uh, better luck next time. Also, I, I liked how emotional Dinesh was right yes, after the yes, fight. Very humble guy. Very nice. He was so emotional. He because was, I know they have sacrificed so much. Yeah. The guys from the Northeast uh, have sacrificed so much. And also, <laughs> when you come into uh, something like MFN 10 as an underdog, yeah. you know, and when people are saying, okay, I mean, the nerves are there. Plus, when you overcome uh, such adversity and get a very dominating performance, I'm sure there is a lot of emotions that you know, want to uh, just overflow. Yeah. And uh, very humble guy. Congratulations to his coaches and uh, uh, him. So let's move on. Yeah, let, let me let me intro this one. So this was a fight which we all had our eyes on. Like I was personally really excited for this fight. I don't know about you guys. Digambar Singh Rawat versus Akibali. And here was our prediction about this fight. We were in favor of Digambar because of his experience and everything. But we knew that if Akib started mixing his grappling and threatening uh, Digambar and stood his ground, there might be chances that he can create for himself. And that's exactly how this fight panned out, didn't it? Absolutely. I mean, Digambar started well. Akib, obviously, uh, the... The newer guy, it was his debut, MMA, MFN. Uh, another MFN fight. contender winner. Also, another MFN contender winner. He comes to the cage. Also, let's also talk about uh, the seeding after a while, yeah? I mean, somebody is a blue corner, somebody is a red corner. Nobody <laughs> was taking care of this. We'll, talk about, we'll talk about yeah. all those things later. But yeah, Digambar starts opening up. He starts hitting. Akib, you're like, oh damn, it's going to be another clinic. Then I think uh, the first round, 29-28, uh, was a perfect, uh, sorry, uh, 29, uh, it was 10-9. Uh, yeah. uh, he was given 10-9. I think that was perfectly scored because Digambar was outstriking. He Akib. was controlling the tempo and as we had predicted, there were some nerves initially for Akib. So it's pretty normal as a beginner, you don't want to take your chances. But what I liked was that 
even when um, Degamba was throwing uh, his best shots at, at him in the first round, he was not like backing off too much. He was holding his ground. Absolutely. He was standing steady. He was uh, avoiding the dangerous shots. So he was doing pretty well in the first round, although he got outstruck. And then comes the second round. Second round changed things dramatically. I think something uh, inside Akib said, bro, this is your moment to shine. You cannot just let it go. Then he started bringing in the heat to the gumber. The gumber had no answers to his body lock and yeah. his uh, wrestling entries. And I think uh, it was an easy 10-9 for Akip. What a beautiful display of a complete mix, mix uh, of uh, mixed martial arts. Yeah, that's, that's the round where he started making it an MMA fight instead yeah. of a plain kickboxing fight. Like in the first round... No, just, yeah. In the first round, I remember the gamba chopping his legs a lot, right? Legs and throwing those and beautiful uh, precision strikes. Yes. And in the second round, Ake was like, okay, that's enough. I don't want to engage in a kickboxing battle with this guy. So he started mixing up his body locks, entries to the double legs. And that got the gamba thinking. I think in, he also fatigued a little bit defending those uh, takedowns. And we saw it when uh, Ake started to land counter strikes. Yes. And that clearly swayed the wave of the fight or the momentum of the fight into his favor in the second round. I think Akib realized in the second round that, okay, I can hit him too. Yeah, he's also made up of bones and flesh. And I'm good enough to be here. I'm good enough to be throwing uh, some punches. And he landed some really good shots. And the ground control started getting better. Yeah. Then uh, that was a, obviously... Uh, it was first round Digambar, second round Akib Ali. The third round, Akib was winning the fight. Yeah, he was uh, definitely ahead on the scorecards, in my opinion, in, in that round. In my opinion, too, yes. But then he made a tactical error of uh, switching to a knee bar from a bottom position. Although that knee bar was tight. But the thing is, joint locks in MMA... A very, yeah. very difficult thing to pull off unless like you are you have insane amount of precision and the other guy has all also had some damage in the past where they don't want to tap to it. But here he had a really tight knee bar. Technically speaking, if he would have switched to maybe a lat grip instead yeah. of the two-handed grip, maybe he would have gotten a better result. Because yeah. uh, when you are going into a ground system and you are attacking the knee, the bottom knee is generally not a a great place to be at. It's always the top knee that we've learned through all our grappling experiences. But yeah, the at one point in time, uh, the knee bar looked tight. I even grimaced once. Oh my God, is he going to yeah. break his He was knee? definitely taking some pops. Maybe, like 100% sure we did not get to uh, see him limping or anything. But I think it took some damage. But those damages are very minor in an MMA fight when you have adrenaline rushing and all of that. So, and... In, that, in those moments, he started eating a lot of shots. It reminded us of how uh, Gary Tonin got knocked out yes. against uh, Than Lee. It reminded us of how Ryan Hall got knocked out. Oh yeah, recently. Attempting uh, against Chito Vera, right? So, going for legs is a very, very sketchy thing. If you can pull it off, you become an instant superstar. No, I, th I, think, I think it was also, he was kind of adamant. Uh, he started going belly down and he was on his knees and... Yeah. The gambar had inverted his knee. The knee bar, yeah. the knee bar wasn't there. But Akib was desperate. He started throwing those uppercuts from the bottom, which was landing on his face. Yeah. So that, my friend Akib, I think cost you your fi cost you that fight. But my God, for a debutant, what 
a way to make waves in the Indian MMA scene. Yeah, he pushed Digamber to the limit and Digamber, I remember post-fight, he was like, okay, this was my worst performance of all time. But maybe he just faced a great uh, fighter, you know, better fighter, a better yeah. fighter. And whenever you face people who are close to you, your level, they make you realize that uh, maybe your A game is not your real A game. Yes. Maybe uh, that needs more refinement. So congratulations to Digamber on the victory. And 100% sure, again, once again, these, are, these fighters are so young that they'll just continue to get better and go upwards from here. So I hope Digamber goes to the drawing board, uh, makes a few adjustments. Akib goes back with more confidence, believing in himself that he does belong in that uh, octagon, in that cage. And uh, yeah, this was a great fight. We loved it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the first part of the MFN 10 card. So we'll be back in about one second. Welcome back. This is still Rajivan Piyush at Rebel Radio. And we are discussing the recently concluded MFN 10 card. Uh, so we were just breaking down the Gambar Singh Rawat versus Akibali. What a fight. So moving on from there, we are going upwards towards Abizo Lanamai versus Dushant. Yeah, so Abizo Lanamai, obviously uh, one of the better students from TCA under coach Krimli. And Dushant, who just uh, took this fight on a 10-day notice because Rahul had some technicalities so and he couldn't... Uh, Go to Dubai. He said he had some visa issues, I guess. I think passport, passport issues. Passport issues. Yeah, so I think, so Dushant took this fight on a 10-day notice. It was a short fight. Obviously, Dushant was outclassed by Lanamai. Amazing fighter. Lanamai just starts uh, uh, throwing all the right punches and kicks on Dushant. Dushant kind of frustrated initially, throwing huge overhands, which were like bowling actions. Obviously, those are panic shots. And uh, he tries a few shots, uh, desperation shots from very far, which is easily stuffed by Lanamai. After that, uh, in an exchange, they go to the ground. Avizo takes the back, and it's an easy choke. That was about it. So, yeah. what are you? What did you take? I feel Avizo came with a vengeance because um, his previous friend Arsenba lost. So he just came to make it quick and make it clean. Yes. And that's what he did. He started by throwing some accurate strikes to Dushyant, which made him go in a panic wrestling mode. And once he started wrestling him, he stuffed his takedown attempts, went to the back, and from there finished it in a very clean rear naked choke finish. It was easy, so easy it, money for him, I think. Yeah. But again, kudos to Dushyant for taking this fight on a 10 days notice. I hope you find a great team to train with. So that because uh, you have the heart, because I've seen you uh, at the MFN Contender Series and you deserved to be there. But maybe yeah. you were not just as prepared for someone like Manamai. I mean, we, we would love to invite Dushan to our gym. Yes, uh, if, you, if, you, if you think you want to come and train with us, uh, please feel free to get in touch with us. Uh, because please. he has all the right skills, I mean, um, uh, criteria like he has strength, he has explosiveness. All he needs is a little bit more technical direction. Yes which I think we can help him with. So Dushyant, if you're listening to this, um, you are free to come and train at Rebel MMA India. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about Avizo. Avizo once again delivers a very, very impactful performance where he uh, takes, it, takes his opponent out very cleanly in a very smooth fashion. So I think he's in the featherweight division, right? So moving up, he should be getting a number one contender fight or yes. the title fight in the featherweight. I think so, but again, uh, uh, 
uh, funnily, uh, a visitor called out Manish Mahanta. Manish yeah. Mahanta uh, is also one of a, uh, is a great talent from Assam. Uh, he also won the contract. Uh, what, what gym is Manish uh, from? He used to train, uh, I think Manish is with uh, Hillside right now. Okay. But again, uh, he was one of the prodigies of uh, Babajit uh, out of Bidang. He used to train out of Bidang. Now, great fighter, but again, he's been fighting amateur for the longest time. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of hype behind Manish. I heard in the MFN contenders. Yes, series. yes, and, and well-deserved hype also. Yeah. He's a great fighter, but I think uh, Lana Mai wants to fight you, Manish. So if uh, I know you've already made up your mind, so make it happen. Let's see uh, what happens from there. And I and I love that these fighters are calling out. Yes, other fighters, and that's a great uh, strategy or a marketing tool that fighters should adopt post their fights. Because most of the fighters that we see, they come, they have the same written, repeated answers. Yeah. But what really sells your brand is your call out. And I remember Charles Sonnen talking about it a lot, that your post-fight interview is one of the most important advertisement that you can put out yes, there for yourself. Yes, because I think our fighters are too indebted to MFN because they've been uh, thanking uh, Aisha Shroff, Tiger Shroff, Mr. Alan Fernandez over and over again for all the it's great I, I, I think it was in their uh, contract i don't know <laughs> because each and everyone did the same thing i know that you're indebted but i mean come on you are we don't see ufc fighters going out there and thanking dana every single time or thanking no because mfn Hunter is nothing without the time. fighters obviously yeah. the shroff family has done everything alan is the man behind mfn but without the fighters there's no soul it's just a cage yeah it just seems a little bit cheesy in my opinion it's that cheesy you and uh, scripted and it it is not required. I think yeah. you guys are there because you've worked so you hard for it. You deserve yeah. it. You deserve to be there. Thank people that have helped you. But uh, through MFN 1 to MFN 10, I think we've heard that a lot that of times. A lot, yeah. So, I mean, there are other things that you want to do. You want to market yourself well, you know. So that's just our opinion, uh, my opinion, Piyush's opinion. <coughs> so next time, call people out. Make it more interesting. Let rivalries soar. Let, uh, let us ask, all ask for that post-fight bonus. Ask for that post-fight bonus, of course. Uh, let's talk about knocking someone else out. So create these rivalries that we can all get excited about. You know, so I think that's just an advice. I mean, but again, yeah, having said that, enough. And, and some fighters do it right. So kudos to Aviso for uh, calling out uh, Yeah, yeah that's what we need. That's what we need, especially with someone interviewing you who has no clue of the fight business. I mean, just take the microphone and do what you have to do. You yeah. know, like some of you did, which was excellent. So yeah, please, uh, guys, you guys are the soul of any fight promotion. Without you, there is nothing. We could have billions and billions of dollars, but if there are no fighters inside the octagon, nobody's going to watch it. Okay? All right, moving on to the next one. Okay, in my opinion, this was the most controversial fight of the night. All oh right? God. It was not even controversial. It, it was it, just sad. Let's just say it was a robbery, but let me announce the name. <laughs> so, Musha, Muhammad Musa Raish versus Clinton Kenin de Cruz. Okay. It, it was the bant, uh, bantamweight bout? Yeah, it was a. Fl yeah, I think it was a bantamweight because Pun Punijit Puni was, was a bantamweight. Yeah, so it started so well. These guys touch gloves and Clinton immediately goes for the takedown. And does the most um, controlled takedown ever, lands up in the half guard, starts uh, beating this guy up, sets up a dash choke, and <clears throat> Musa had no answer for a dash choke except turtling up, which is a good defense. 
which is a good defense but then clinton switched to a belly up version of the same dars and i heard the commentators talking about it being anaconda, anaconda. or something i think we need is, to educate ourselves my friends i think you need to just train guys yeah. if you don't train this uh, laps will happen yeah copas will happen yeah. okay we will talk about it later so so in that moment the ref comes in uh, should we name up the ref as well of course why not it was ranjit i don't know his full name and uh, he checks on by tapping onto the shoulder of musa no he just stops the fight he taps on the shoulder for a second and i don't know what kind of feedback will you get out of tapping someone's shoulder and just the next moment he stops the fight and as soon as clinton lets go musa just props up saying what what happened i'm still here and i mean he was surviving that choke for last 15 seconds in a super super tight dars and after surviving those brutal moments if somebody just snatches the victory out of you by saying oh it's all over because i said so with no review that's a very uh, disrespectful and the no, biggest I, robbery that we can say that mf it happened in mfn i think so because it was uh, the darts was tight no doubt i think uh, the logical way to go about it is to check his hands we've seen that happen in the ufc you check your hands you raise the hands up and say are you okay give me a thumbs up if he gives you a thumbs up you know he's okay you know yeah. i know the referees are trying to be uh, keep the fighter safe and everything but also but you also have to remember that it's everything for the fighters yeah. they've trained for this for 3 months i'm sure musa had a camp for prepared 100%. for against uh, because he was fighting someone as yeah. good as clinton you know and just robbing him of the of the fight and after that not even uh, grimacing and after then checking with the judges is it okay to go on or not that was insane for yeah. me uh, so bad call uh, on the referee's part uh, this this was the worst decision decision that i've seen in mma for a while it reminded me of uh, the robby lawler versus ben, ben askren fight, fight where ben askren had that bulldog slash head headlock choke and robby lawler's arm just went limp for a second and in that moment also i think it was herb dean probably he lifted his hand up and the hand dropped which is a clear indication that the fighter has gone out but even in that case as soon as rob uh, ben let go robby just propped up saying i'm cool nothing happened so in this case at least that effort should have been made worst case scenario the fighter passes out mm. and you get a clear indication of it he comes back it's not like they are getting knocked out really hard yeah. which is doing like a severe brain damage which also the refs have a reputation of not stop very yes. early so i don't know this definitely left a bad taste in my mouth personally musa deserved better so But i think uh, mfn 11 if you guys are you have to run it back again these guys have to meet again and after whoever wins this bout fights punyajit and then he becomes the with the whoever the winner is becomes the but, contender for but the but clinton uh, right in the post fight interview asked for the champion so yeah. i don't know how it's going to happen but i think what, i mean if everything has to be fair yeah. you know i mean musa is not a joke bro i mean we've seen him fight i mean he just put a l on his professional record which yeah. is pretty sad thing for and a fighter too, on the very first round yeah yeah so his uh, record looks very bad plus the amount of hard work these guys put in uh, is ridiculous i mean and it's it's definitely no fault of clinton to make it perfectly clear absolutely it's the fault of the ref the official 
which is involved yeah, clinton won the fight fair and square yeah he ha- he did his job he held on to a choke till the very last second it's the job of the ref to see if the person is awake or has he passed out and not make such quick rash decisions especially in a choke where you have the time to figure things out if maybe it's a knockout situation where the fighter is wobbly and things like that like in the killer b fight it's okay you get a pass because you don't want the fighter to get unnecessary strikes yeah on damn damage of course unnecessary damage but <clears throat> this was unforgivable in my book anyways let's move on yeah let's move on let's move on to richard mons versus shamanand what a fight shamanand showed us that he is here to stay and i think shaman shamanand has earned his way to the title uh, the first bout in 2000 I mean MFN4 where Shamanand got brutally knocked out by Sanjeev Budwar I think it's time that MFN makes it happen he's been yeah. asking for that fight for a while yeah, yeah and now that uh, Sanjeev is a champion I think there is no no one else except no. uh, Shamanand that is the only fight that makes sense Shamanand one contender versus Sanjeev Budwar that's the fight to make next MFN or the MFN after that whenever yeah. these guys are ready let's do that because Shamanand man i was definitely hoping that richard burns once he takes him down he might do some damage but as we saw the size difference was a lot richard burns looked like a weight class apart and apart from that the skill difference the takedown defense and everything shamanan was throwing at richard burns was just way 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 powerful like we discussed in the earlier podcast because richard has not been training as a fighter because richard has become a teacher now he's traveling he was in aka goa now he's in uh, kathmandu at gymkhana and he's teaching people so when you when you're fighting someone at shamanand you better have a 3 month uh, prep time you know better study his game and the kind of power this man possesses because that knockout was brutal that at right the, hand at this point of time i think richard mons had no chance because shamanand he stuffed all his takedown uh, efforts he uh, immediately bounced back up every single time richard mons took him down fatigued him out busted his face open and man that right hand which knocked richard out that was that was yeah, flatlined him completely flatlined absolutely, him absolutely flatlined because i think richard is a fantastic teacher he's a great uh, uh, he's a great representative of the sport but to see someone go out like that and after that Richard uh, Shamanath had a very quirky, quirky way of saying, "It's time we get a diamond back from England." <laughs> so that's the kind of stuff we want to listen to. Yeah. So Shamanath, kudos to you, bro. I mean, you are one of the better fighters in the country, and yeah. what a comeback you've made! You are a you are a case study in itself. Yeah, and and the kind of skills and your ferocity that you're displaying, fight after fight, you won this fair and square, and I think. you have to be in contention for the title belt i would i would go as far as to say that shamanan may be our uh, next hope for the ufc why okay. not because he has shown such dominant display if he wins the mfn belt i personally wouldn't want him to just limit himself to mfn he should be going out competing in a much more bigger organization against much better talent because he has that power he has that knockout ability he has a great takedown defense and these things make you a champion of course i think he deserves it and uh, we wish you all the best uh, so yeah that was a quick fight where uh, richard had no answer to shamanand the the mystery that is shamanand and the powerhouse that is shamanand so kudos to you again richard uh, you know you are a great fighter 
we are rebel uh, we really respect you hopefully next time when you fight someone like rich uh shamanand or anyone i think you have a solid camp you know so we are kind of getting prepared for the uh kind of preparing for someone uh, a monster like shamanand so that was the fight i know all of us watched it we just trying to break it down for you guys so moving on to the next fight is uh Fabricio Oliveira was it as he's back Satyabaldev Satyabaldev sorry if you are pronouncing your <laughs> name Satyabaldev uh, so Kyrgyzstan versus Brazil uh, there was uh, there was no contest here because Azibek was outstriking Fabricio left right and center i mean his setups for the leg kick was insane and that was the about that we started seeing the problem of that slippery mat slippery canvas yeah yeah the uh, aziz uh, was uh, complaining all throughout because he was trying to kick and he was slipping that fight made me uh, <clears throat> reminded me of how the fights happen when uh, it happens in the ice skating ring yeah i've seen those ice hockey fights yeah. where people are trying to grab you and throw punches and, and you're slipping at the same time you're falling this reminded me of that because the mat the canvas was so slippery he was complaining throughout the ref finally listened after they about they were about to slip like three four more times and uh, i think it was mainly the due factor probably because uh, i i don't know because i think open. see uh, these things have to be factored in you know yeah. because you have to understand everybody is intelligent whoever is organizing intelligent enough to understand there'll be due factors there'll be sweat so the kind of canvas that they have to pick has to be uh be sweat resistant it yeah. should be able be able to hold people together just yeah. like we have tiles for the bathroom i mean it was not as wet as the bathroom but you have slip resistant tiles so i think uh, despite mfng putting so much of money and effort uh in making mfn what is what it is today these basic things have to be taken into consideration first the octagon is the ground zero yeah. of uh, your event. I mean, your event i mean you have to uh get the right kind of mats get the right kind of material to cover those mats you know so that uh it doesn't look like because it was so unfair for kickers kickboxers for, for all the strikers it became yeah. so difficult after that and because even for takedowns they yeah. were slipping they were slipping if people were sprawling they were sprawling 3 feet away because it was kind of sad so hopefully these things uh, will be taken stock off but again it is the 10th bout so i think that i think it is high time that we do not overlook the most important aspect of a fight game the cage the canvas and the fighters rather than uh, make it about other peripheral things that are not really important because people do uh, are intelligent enough uh, to look through the bullshit and uh, call you out when you make uh, such silly mistakes you know Uh, so yeah it was uh, it was i mean there's nothing much to say about this fight we can we can in the same uh, vein talk about the camera switches oh and the music God. i mean yeah i mean Come you, on. i know camera switches yeah, it's okay. 30 seconds out the 30 seconds uh, it's a crucial time there is an exchange happening exchange where people are getting robbed and you are showing us people in the audience how is that relevant who is sitting in the switcher <laughs> is he does he even know or does she even know what a fight game is all about i mean please do not misunderstand uh, that we we are trying to criticize everything but we are your fans too we want mfn to be 
standing out as one of the better organizations and, and in I Asia think, and in the world. And I think these things are annoying not just for us but everyone watching because everyone, everyone watch- who is a fight fan wants to watch the fights, not the people during yeah. the fights. During that five minutes of time, please do not switch the camera, MFN. Yeah, Come on. please do not switch the camera. We don't want to look at women. We don't want to look at Kyrgyzstani flags. We don't want to look at anything except the fights. And the music. Oh my God. Please, we had migraines happening to us because that music would just continue. Non- if there was a break, if there was the fight not, was not going on, the music was on the entire Even when time. Even was announcing... Okay. I know that you love your theme song, guys. Come on. But we don't want that music to be played throughout. Yeah. Play it in the beginning. Play it in the live audience. Please cut the feed for the TV. Yeah, it is ridiculous. It's annoying. Get ready to fight. Get ready to fight. Get ready to fight. I mean, this is uh, what you... You will have a very bad ripple effect. I mean, people are going to be cringed every time they hear Get Ready to Fight. I think... Maybe it's a great song, maybe it's not a great song, it's your personal choice. But I think let's keep it to the minimum, like Piyush rightly said. I mean, beginning of the fight, yeah. We yeah. get we get the idea that you're trying to play the music and enjoy yeah, the sure music. Yeah, you're proud of it, be proud of it, be proud of everything else. Yeah. But we are paying viewers, we have Disney Hotstar membership. And more than anything else, people are sitting at midnight and watching your fights. So I think that's that was your goal and congratulations towards... Uh, so that you guys are inching towards becoming a global brand. And yeah. the last point, and after this I'll leave MFN alone, please do not have felicitation ceremony in between the fights. Let the fight order go on without interruption. Of course. Guys, that just prolongs the event. That makes people stay up late, which people have work to do. And as a viewer, you don't want to get interrupted in between fights. Why is UFC so different than other organizations or other promotions? It's because they do not mess with the fight order. They do not cause an interruption. Everything works smooth and the chain of command is followed, chain of the fights is followed as it should be. There is no, we see the top of the world's uh, celebrity in UFC arena. But it's not switching during the mid-fight or they are not being brought in the octagon unless there is a stoppage or unless the fight has ended, right? But the whole tournament has ended. Even The Rock, when he came to the uh, octagon, was when Masvidal won the belt, to put on the belt. Use the celebrities in those moments. Sorry, guys. Use the celebrities in those moments, but please do not switch to celebrities or felicitate someone... I know that you are great friends with Sheikh and everyone, but please, yeah, I mean, please be professional. This, in this you can take it as two, uh, two guys ranting about it, or <coughs> please take it as a <coughs> feedback. Feedback, because we really are grateful for what MFN is doing. But again, we also want to see some great stuff happening so that we can call MFN one of the best uh, fight promotions in the world. Yeah, we want to be proud of it. We want to be proud of it. It shouldn't be like, oh, you know, the US organization does it way better. Yeah. Why can't we do yeah. it way better? Yeah. Let's not make it a, a soap opera. We're not looking for a soap opera. We're just sitting at 12 or 1 a.m. in the morning to watch the fights. Not uh, somebody coming up to the center and talking about how great do you feel? What is this happening? Without you, nothing would have happened. I don't really care. That's your organization. Do what you have to. But interviewing audience unnecessarily, like what was that? What was that? You want to show that, okay, we are popular. You don't have, you don't need validation when you actually become popular. It'll be, it'll, people will know. 
So when there'll be 55,000 fans screaming, you don't have to show the audience. We'll hear it even before it happens. Yeah, yeah. Let's, but again, let's move on to the next fight because so, this oh, rant was very necessary to put no, it out No, there. I mean, it's not a rant. It's a positive or a critical feedback, critical appreciation. Constructive feedback, uh, Constructive criticism, that's the word. That's the, yeah. Angad Bisht, no, sorry. Jojo. Jojo Rajkumari versus Priya Sharma. That was the worst fight of the night. In my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I, I concur. Jojo Rajkumari looked completely out of place. Her striking, I, last time she knocked out the opponent in the first round. But this time her striking looked really, really awful. Her takedown defense, <clears throat> man... The less we say about that, the better. She was hugging, hugging Priya's head. When you have to be fishing for the underhook. I know. This is going to probably make you angry or not like us. But as fight fans, as, a, as someone who love what you are doing. And this was a title fight, right? Was it, it was title not fight? a title oh, fight. Oh, it was not a title fight. So, yeah, I mean, Thank Priya God. was getting into body locks and you were holding the head and <coughs> hitting her like that. I mean, the only There's thing... There's no concept of pummeling. No she was trying to frame with her leg extended wide, push kicking her against the cage. Yeah, so I think that was... Jojo, you need a lot of work into your grappling if you want to become a well-rounded MMA fighter. Enough. You have good striking, although it did not show up against Priya, who really, really, again, uh, like Likharu, kept a conservative approach. A little bit more way conservative, in my opinion. She could have taken her down multiple times from that position, but she just... Uh, you know, wasted a little bit of time against the cage. Maybe that was a strategy to fatigue uh, Jojo out, which was clearly working because Jojo was breathing very heavy. At some point, she also threw her mouth oh guard God. on the ground, which is a unique strategy <laughs> to buy some time. Yeah. But Priya outclassed her. I mean, yeah, this uh, was a very um, big mismatch. And uh, Priya basically just took her to the ground and she had no answer, bro. Yeah. I mean, it was so kudos to Priya uh, for winning the fight. She also mentioned that uh, she had a stitch, yeah. which was opened up, a cut which was opened up, and she had stitches right till the day of the fight. Yeah. So kudos to her for uh, still coming out and uh, putting up a show. Yeah, open. putting up a show. I think she deserves it. Wonderful. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Again, uh, we'll be back. We're taking a short break. All right, guys. We are back once again. And this is the final stretch of our discussion of MFN 10. Again, it was a brilliant card. We had some great fights. We had some not so great moments. But the last three fights were definitely meant to be super exciting. So let's not waste any time and get into it. This was the first uh, or the second title bout of the night. It was a flyweight title up on the line. Angad Best versus Mohammed Gamal. Mohammed Gamal from the Middle East and Angad Best from our local Uttarakhand, right? So, how, what did you think about, what was your prediction about this fight and how did you think it played out, Rajiv? Uh, I had predicted that Angad would win the fight because, uh, that, uh, to my surprise though, Gamal brought the heat. The first two rounds, he was outstriking Angad Best. But it's something I think Angad has gotten used to because uh, against Dhruv Chaudhary also, he almost, it almost felt like the same blueprint against Chaitanya Gavali also. Uh, it almost felt like the same fight where uh, the opponents, Angad's opponents uh, seem to be getting the upper hand. But once Angad gets your back, this yeah. guy will choke you out. So the first two rounds, Gamal 
was outclassing Angad beautifully. Okay. Which which I did not personally believe to because Mohammad Gamal, as we discussed, was on a three-fight losing streak. Yes. So I definitely thought that Angad will uh, just run through this guy. But the first two rounds, as you said, it was Mohammad Gamal dominating in the, the striking the department. The striking exchange. He is a combination of just so slick. Yeah. You know, he was throwing amazing leg kicks. Angad is definitely icing his leg because there was a huge swell on his lead leg, on his left leg, because Gamal was just banging that leg from everywhere if Angad is watching this please share your video of uh, share a video of your uh, lead leg we, we really want to see or a picture because we really want to see the kind of damage but then uh, Angad goes back after the second round or the third round I believe and his coach tells him that bro do this for the country make the country proud this switches Angad Bisht this is according to his post fight interview okay then Angad Bisht starts walking towards Gamal and after a few exchanges uh, there is a, they get towards the cage and Angad just jumps up on Gamal's back he gets a beautiful body lock he has a seat belt he's trying to crank Gamal is doing a good job of defending but Angad is patient and he's like a backpack he's not going anywhere now it's been 30 seconds and Gamal is uh, carrying two people's body weight and after a while Angad does find um, his uh, forearm under Gamal's neck just pulls him to the ground and it's just about five, five seconds three seconds Gamal is uh, tapping frantically so we've seen this repeat mode if I may call it so of how Angad likes to fight he goes Angad, Angad may be the comeback man uh, yeah, in Indian like, MMA like right Diaz, bro. yeah so he's losing 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 in the first two rounds or getting at least out uh, matched but then he finds that trump card in his pocket he just switches yeah so this this was a reminder the way you described it it definitely brought back the memories from Charles Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier yeah. where Charles was getting uh, hammered and then he just found the back jumps on it and exactly. then locks yeah, right. in the RNC yeah, yeah. finish Great comparison yeah exactly the same position exactly the same position the same corner Angad gets to the back and one Angad and one. once again Angad becomes the flyweight champion of and the so, MFN and so well deserved yeah this man has been doing such amazing work, not just for himself, but for yeah. his entire team. Look yeah. at look yeah. at where he is today. Single-handedly uh, putting Uttarakhand on the map. Yeah, yeah, and and what a team he has created. Yeah, and what a team of. Yeah, and the best part is his. Uh, is promoting MMA as a way to get fit for other people too. Uttar Uttarakhand might be the next uh, powerhouse of a. Uh, state to produce like fighters right yeah. yeah it might be the Dagestan of India we have Angad Bist we yeah. have uh, Anshul Jubli Digambar we have Digambar now we have so many people just popping out and of other guys uh, we don't even uh, I, I was fortunate enough to see some of these guys uh, fight at uh, the contender series the road to MFN some of them lost but they are ready they're coming I mean you're right they're coming to uh, make ripples in the Indian subcontinent and hopefully the world soon enough the young guns are just blazing. These guys are crazy. So shout out to Angad Bisht and Mutant uh, MMA from Dehradun. Congratulations. Congratulations for become, in becoming the first uh, flyweight, flyweight uh, champion in the MFN. 
So yeah, kudos to you. You won the fight fair and square. You didn't want the referees to even ponder. You just took the back, choked him out, cleaned him out. So also, having said that, Mohamed Gamal, uh, congratulations to you too. Uh, fantastic display of skills. And you also had a panache and also the swag of what a great fighter should look like. You're getting hit, you're taunting Angad again and again. You're getting hit, you're like, oh damn, nothing's happening, bro. I'm getting you. So that's the kind of swag that we would love to see. One of the uh, fight uh, fights of the night after the Akib Ali and Digabar Singh fight. This uh, probably was the best fight of the night for me. Uh, so yeah, congratulations and kudos to both of you. Uh, if you want to add something or should we move on? Let's move on. Let's move on to the next fight which was again very very exciting. Dhruv Chaudhary versus Ulumi Karim. Oh, wow. India versus Pakistan. That's how they were touting it. And I loved the way Ulumi addressed this in the pre-fight press conference where it was like, I'm all about peace, Beautiful. peace yeah. through sports, instead of trying to divide by uh, putting two countries against pitching two countries or the ideas of uh, nations against each other. Let's just make it about a person versus another person and let the better man win. So that was really... Uh, great thought by Ulumi and that's what sports should do we should not I mean we get caught up in this cricket uh, mania where we always uh, go online and start trolling the Pakistani fans or they start trolling Indian fans where at the end of the day sports should be about uniting and that's what Ulumi's message was and the way he fought man oh my god Dhruv was outclassed from the very beginning bro Dhruv had no answer and I think there was some technical bias uh, also, uh, I, I was not very happy with the refereeing because at one point in time, Lumi had taken Dhruv. He just lifted Dhruv in his, from his corner, took him towards his corner, banged him to the floor. And uh, I think the referee was Daniel Isaac. He just uh, accused Lumi of holding the cage and cage. he just stood them up. I think yeah. that was unfair. So I think at that point in time, Ulami realized that this cannot go to the judges. Yeah. He has to be very, very definite uh, in his victory, and he did. That right hand from hell put Dhruv to sleep. And Dhruv was already out, as we saw with the massive right hand he had on, uh, I mean, that banged his chin to Timbuktu. Uh, but after that, uh, the referee didn't stop the fight, and uh, Ulumi had to hammer him about a couple of shots. And I think that was uncalled for we, we just do the opposite no we uh, let the fighters eat more strikes on the ground when they are already knocked out versus we stop the fight a little bit earlier when in the jokes. fighter is in a submission it's just the, like wrong way of operating anyways so props to Ulumi on becoming the bantamweight champion of the MFN yes and like you said even his post fight interview was all about peace all about unity I think that is what we should look forward to I mean sports have you ever seen Virat Kohli and his, uh, and his uh, let's say, a Pakistani captain fighting? There are some, I think, I am sure they have a ball. Yeah. I think it's uh, the polarizing happens outside of the cricketing field. Yeah. So it's a vested interest. So it's just a vested want interest. To like... Yeah, I think uh, he just put it so beautifully. I'm all about a peace with through sports. I think it's his sister's organization. So he had a long speech, great speech also. So congratulations to you, Ulumi. Dhruv, obviously a bad day for Dhruv, but again, he's, I don't think Dhruv is going to be sitting down after this. He's going to be working very hard and he's going to be coming back for a rematch. Uh, yeah, Dhruv, we've seen, I mean, Dhruv has been around in the Indian MMA scene for a while 
and I'm sure he's going to bounce back. But yeah, I mean, next time uh, you have to bring the heat on, my friend, to someone like Ulumi. Because we had understood that Ulumi had lost to someone like Farhad. He got knocked out. Uh, was it the Brave? Yeah, it was in Brave. It was in Brave, but uh, people thought it was going to be easy. But I think me and Piyush, we discussed that he's not going to be easy. His striking was very technical from yeah. uh, the last fight that he yeah. had. It was very, he finished very, the opponent. Yeah, I mean, his Muay Thai is on point. His kickboxing, yeah. if I may call it. And that's why he displayed the right hand from hell. Just knocked the daylights out of the roof. And congratulations to you, my friend Ulumi for becoming the inaugural bantamweight champion of MFN. And better luck next time, Dhruv. Uh, keep your head uh, high and work harder, come back stronger, and uh, do your thing, man. You're one of the better fighters in the country. He's one of the legends of Indian MMA, He's Dhruv. one of the legends of Indian MMA. He's been around forever now. Forever now, so we are rooting for you. So, but again, uh, yesterday, Ulomi was the better fighter. So that's why he is the champion today. So this is the bantamweight fight. So like we were discussing, Punijit versus Clinton de Cruz, and then the winner of that fight gets to meet the champion. That's going to be interesting. Who does Ulumi fight in the interim? Like, does he fight or? I think uh, I don't know. I mean, because it's just the concept of belt is so new. Hmm. Uh, because we also saw that there is no apparent ranking. Yeah, I think now the rankings will follow the rank because no the belt is Because there. anybody like be in the gamble versus Akib uh, Akib Akib was the underdog, but he was given the red corner. The Gamba worked in front before. Uh, yeah, the entrance was a little bit weird because they were getting the more experienced fighter to come first. Yeah. Whereas it's just the opposite. But anyways, let's yeah. let's move on to the final fight of the night, the oh, main event. Of the fight of the night, we both Sanjeet, got it so wrong. Sanjeet Budwar versus Atabek. But by this time, if I may... At the what time was it when you were watching it live? Uh, around one fifth, one five, because it lasted. Yeah. It went the whole uh, distance. distance. All five rounds. All five rounds, but Atabek came in strong. Sanjit was conservative for the first time, uh, and Sanjit is never worried about. It. He puts his hands down. He charges and batters you to, uh, to the ground once his body shots land. But he was conservative because Atabek looked much taller. His reach was much longer. So Atabek was getting through Sanjit, but Sanjit, even with his weird stance, is a phenomenal, I think, as a phenomenal fighter. I he think. has his own uh, fighting style, I we can just it, say it that. Just, it just, it's just phenomenal how someone <coughs> at this level of a game can put his hands down and still charge forward. So that was amazing to see. Uh, but again, in Atabek's defense, uh, when, when they started fighting, it was absolutely non-conducive for anyone to throw kicks. Uh, he tried to throw a high kick once, Sanjit just touched it and Atabek just fell on his back because the mats were so bloody slippery. And in the third round, Atabek got Sanjit's back. And yeah, he, that was a crucial moment which yeah, Atabek tried to convert. But yeah, he had, uh, he had uh, but the problem is he had double unders. He, yeah. he didn't have a seat belt. He had double unders and Sanjit was doing very well holding one of his hands. I forgot, did he have a body triangle locked in? Or was yes, it? Okay. but the body uh, the body triangle was locked at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, he, he had it so locked. That allows the person to spin. Spin, Because yeah. there is a third triangle which exists there, remember? Yes. The theory of the fourth, I mean, this, fourth triangle. This guy, will, uh, this guy can go all day about that. But yeah, there were some technical... Uh, uh, discrepancies or holes in Atabek's uh, back take also 
because he was not there was no cranks to his face like Khabib does he doesn't yeah. go for a clean choke he just hold you by the jaw and cranks yeah. your face even even uh, Avizo made that adjustment right where yes. he went from uh, trying to lock a full RNC which people usually pull the hand because, because of the gloves, gloves. Yeah. so then he had to switch, switch to this short RNC and then try to finish yeah so I think he didn't do that and that cost him the title right. but also Piyush uh, what happened because Sanjit if Sanjit missed the weight why was he given the belt that's a good question that surprised me because anybody who's uh, like Oliveira did the same thing. Yeah. He just became the interim champion, remember? It's the MFN world. That's it's my MFN reply. World. I don't know what's happening. So kind of uh, frustrating because we are rooting for MFN. Mm. The, the title could have just been vacant and uh, then there should have been another yeah. fight for that. Just like uh, we didn't have a champion when uh, yeah. Charles, uh, Charles missed weight. Yeah, I mean, he was just... Uh, he was uh, I, as a champion. He missed weight, and the belt was just stripped. So I didn't understand the drama over there. Yeah. But having said that, uh, Sanjit Budwar is still undefeated. He is still an enigma for some of the better fighters from the world. He's also proven that he's not just a great fighter amongst Indian fighters, but also fighters from across the country. Oh, and uh, we at Rebel Radio wish him the best. And Next fight should be Sanjeet versus Shamanan. Oh, That's the only that, fight to make. That's the only fight to make and the right fight to make. Yes. Because this rivalry has gone on for the longest time. It has a beautiful backstory. Like uh, Shamanan makes his MFN debut and uh, gets brutally knocked out by Sanjeet, who was then an experienced fighter. And then Shamanan goes on to this revenge tour where he absolutely demolishes everyone who comes into his way. Abhishek Negi, destroyed. Krishna Heer, battered. battered. And then Richard Mearns, flatlined. And now he once again finds himself as probably the number one contender against Sanjeet Budwar, who is now a champion in the same division. Yes. So the story has written itself. I think the MFN has to make this fight. And uh, I would be rooting for Shamanan once again, because he, I believe, is the future of Indian MMA along with Anshul Jubli. So, yeah, let's hope that fight happens. And that concludes. If you have any other thoughts no, to add think, to this. No, I think that concludes uh, the amazing event that was MFN 10 with this obvious ups and downs, the music, the hosts, and uh, bad refing and all of that. But kudos to the team. I mean, without you guys, we would not have seen these athletes grow to the potential that they have become today. Yeah. Without Alan Fernandez, the Shroff families who put in their own money, I'm guessing. You know, so much of money, not just some amount of money, a lot of money. And these guys have a bright future right in front of them. And the yeah. paychecks have just gotten bigger. So this brings out the kind of hope that was needed in this country where fighters from smaller places or fighters from not so privileged families can actually start dreaming about making it someday to the MFN world and making a living out of it. So kudos to Alan Fernandez the Shroff family, the IMA team also, obviously. Yeah, we have to uh, overstate the things that MFN is doing correct, like increasing the fighters' paycheck, bringing MFN, bringing MMA, Indian MMA to a more global audience by yes. Disney Hotstar contracts. All that remains to be solved is are these minor niggles, which can be just swatted in one event itself. Absolutely. So I think MFN should, uh, has a bright future. The fighters have a great future there. Yeah. It's all uh, positive for the Indian MMA community. And I think having said that on that note, 
uh we'll see you in the next podcast yeah if you've been liking what we been saying we peace on me we are not here to mince words or to please anyone we just say as it is because i think that's we what we keep it real we keep it real that's what our duty is as an audience i'm sure some of you will disagree with us some of you will agree with us whatever it is do not forget to comment and like and subscribe to our channels and share it and share it please we are available on all streaming platforms like spotify apple music and google podcasts we are also there on youtube please definitely like subscribe and notify us ring the bell icon because that will tell you when we are putting in great content and we put it every single week this every is the only week. indian mma podcast so we are trying our best to uh, keep things real in the country we don't want to be uh, ass lickers and uh, uh, people pleasers we'll beep that <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah we don't want to we just like pius uh, beautifully said we want to keep it real so if you like uh, please let us know if you do not like what we're doing definitely let us know so this was me and pius once again on rebel radio talking about the mfn 10 card the good the bad and the ugly until next time this is me and pius signing out Peace out friends.